My name is Bill. I uh, came to San Diego in 1983. Uh, before I had come out, though, um, I was a regular reader of a magazine called In Touch for Men, which was very popular throughout the country uh, during that period. I did uh, see different things. I would see ads for a wonderful club that was here back then called West Coast Production Company, which was on Hancock. And it said, where Southern California men come to dance. And I thought, oh, that just sounds like such a great place. There was also there uh, some pictures of a place called The Fruit Loop in this place called Balboa Park. Uh, and I also went to, um, I, I went to ch a church, I went to MCC, and there was a couple there that was telling me about the different cruisy places in town and about this place called Queen Circle, which I had not heard about. So the Fruit Loop was, I would go, and a lot of times I wanted to get lucky there, and I didn't seem to have a whole lot of luck meeting anybody there. However, I do remember going there with a minister of the MCC. Anyhow, we went over there and we hooked up in the car. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I just remember him saying, you know, um, how's that ass? Not too shabby, huh? Not too shabby. And I was saying, I've never described him that. You know, I don't know. Not too shabby where you get that. Anyhow, uh, that, was, that was actually a very wonderful experience because I always liked the more racy uh, kind of experiences, which I had a lot more of when I went to Queen's Circle. Wow, now that was the when that was the wonderland. If you went there at night, um, you could walk around and you would find all of these men under the trees there. Um, just all you had to do was just find the right one and head on back and uh, or you could head on back and find some. And uh, so, wow, I can remember a lot of times going there between like, uh, I don't know, 11 and then after the bars would close at three, all different times of the night. Um, you know, unfortunately years later, and I, I went there several times, not just during the eighties, but I went back a few times, even in the two thousands. And, um, they tore down a bunch of the trees that were in there to make everything much more visible. It was much better in the old days. The only thing was, is I always had a sense of danger, you know, when I went, because, you know, you, you would hear about uh, things happening to guys in these parks. And, you know, you had a lot of people back then who, uh, uh, what was the tr heavy trade meant back then that, you know, you would do someone and then, you know, they would get remorse and beat you up afterwards. And so you kind of watched for those and kind of the crazy ones. And you kind of went with your intuition, although sometimes that would be overridden by lust. I do remember actually when uh, the Pride Parade here in San Diego would start there and end there and all the cars would be backed up into the fruit loop all of the floats and everything and we would start there and it was a wonderful way you know start the day by the way back in the old day by that queen circle you used to could travel both ways uh going up and down uh right there where they play volleyball and everything and one of the reasons they made all of that one way and everything was to prevent the cruising up and down just now i just got flashes of when it was like that when sunday afternoons could just be packed with cars there people having a good time slipping off into the woods picnicking one area or playing volleyball and still slipping off into the woods or uh whatever so I was usually pretty comfortable, <laughs> except for, uh, again, always keeping my eyes open. I remember when I first got here, some place where some guy was sat there and just had, you know, some older guy had several, a couple of guys lined up there ready, you know, to for blowjobs, which I was like, wow, okay. Uh, but I didn't hop in that line. Uh, I don't think I ever left without, well, I think maybe one or two times I left, went through and didn't see or feel, you know, and again, it could be 
late at night on a Thursday night, you know, when you just happen to be horny and there was nobody else out there, then, well, um, I always just felt like it was a wonderful place, really. It's almost a spiritual place um, to go out and have sex. I just always uh, found it very liberating and, and very much enjoyed it. I do think of sex as very spiritual. And if you think of uh, yoga, and I wasn't into yoga back then, but body, mind, spirit is is the mentality there. It was kind of a, a come full circle. You know, I had been raised where my spirituality was so much in conflict with my sexuality. And in those spaces, out among nature, uh, it just felt more uh, like I had come into the fullness of myself. So you feel these differences in energies with different people, and you kind of uh, meld. And, you know, as you taste their bodies, you find different things. You know, I found, uh, I remember uh, being with young Asian men sometimes and, and kind of the taste of their bodies reflecting their diet of lots of seafood and, you know, that sort of thing. And that's part of the experience, you know, is even tasting a part of their experience, even though you're not eating anything. So it was, it was kind of a blending of these energies. Um, and sometimes it's a very good mound. It's very hot, very electrifying. And again, it was hard to determine uh, from my viewpoint. Uh, well, actually, there were some that you could tell uh, would be a bit more uh, closeted and seemed to be a little more nervous or discreet. But then those of us who were even celebrating, there was a bit of nervousness there, which kind of added to the electrification of the sexuality, right? Um, so when it's completely anonymous and you don't even exchange names, you really don't know um, who is closeted and who is really out because a lot of those people who are closeted, when they do get out, are just as liberated <laughs> as the liberated ones. You know, it did used to be that you had to go out and physically meet people somewhere. There was There was no online. Um, and, uh, you know, now things are as they are, but back then it was, there was a lot more togetherness. There was a lot more people really out meeting people. Um, I think the internet, although, um, it broadens our reach in a, in a virtual way in a non-tangible way, uh, back then, uh, you could walk into a bar and see all types because everybody wanted to look for sex somewhere. Some of them you might see later. And that was a game that we used to play in the bars, was a contest. We would, we would look around and we'd say, okay, let's look around for X tricks in the bar. And usually I won or I was tied with someone. We would just look around, oh yeah, I did him. No, I, oh, I remember doing him. Uh, but the park etiquette, um, yeah, so it's pretty much the same as bathhouse etiquette. You see, you know, if you see some activity going on that you want to participate in and you kind of look to see and try to get a hand in there and see if maybe there's, uh, if it's received or not, uh, if it's pushed away, then you move on, you know. And it is annoying, and I've been in the position where pushing a hand away, and it is annoying if they keep coming back or keep trying, it is kind of a breach of park or sexual etiquette. So uh, yeah, there are certain things that uh, you want to uh, uh, stick to. I know that the left pocket meant you were to receive a certain type of action and the right pocket um, was you were interested in giving that kind of action. Um, I know that uh, uh, Robin's Egg Blue was for oral sex and that was the one that I uh, 
preferred the most. I know there was like, uh, I think the black one was S&M. So I stayed away from those because I was never into paint too much. But um, and then there were certain ones, I guess, for scat and then uh, yellow ones I stayed away from because I don't like the smell of pee. But overall, uh, <laughs> generally, they were, uh, you know, the codes were kind of interesting. It did let you know what people were into. And back then, too, uh, what people used a lot were uh, were ads uh, in the gay papers. And there were all these terms that half the time I didn't quite understand. Passive Greek, active French. I still to this day have no clue what any of that stuff was. But uh, it was all interesting. Everything was much more coded and people were much more into, you know. And I guess they probably still do online. I'm just not, you know. But I don't, I think if you use the term passive Greek or active French now with any millennials, they would look at you like well as lost as i was back then <laughs> i still never knew oh uh, i never really was aware of any surveillance and i fortunately was never arrested i did hear about that routinely happening um it had been um by the time i got out here in 83 it wasn't quite as prevalent as i understand it had been and of course the use of public restrooms those years prior to the 70s uh, because that was the only outlet that men had uh, back then. Uh, so it, it went kind of from those closed-in private spaces to more of the public ones. But I never noticed because I was I frequented the bathhouses back then too. Often there were uh, three back then. Um, and I would hear about plainclothes cops going in there and surveilling. And I guess I was just extremely fortunate. When I first came out, uh, and that would have been around 80, 82, 81 or 82, um, AIDS was still not quite heard of yet. Um, while I, when I came out, was actually largely in uh, Florida, South Florida. And they started talking about this gay cancer called Carposi sarcoma. And it seemed to be mostly uh, uh, bottoms, uh, men who received anal sex, that um, were getting it. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't so afraid to die that I was afraid to live. Uh, and I remember say, saying that back at the, in the day. Um, there were a lot of deaths. And, you know, I went to uh, at MCC. We lost... Um, a third of the congregation in the 80s to AIDS, and there were funerals pretty much every week. There was such a stigma, particularly in the early days. So many families disowning their son or their daughter, or if they did, not acknowledging that they were gay or not wanting to, not wanting to have anything to do with their partner, or not letting them participate, not letting them be at the hospital, not letting them be um, there for funerals. Uh, so it was a difficult thing that weighed heavily on everyone's mind. It made it a lot easier not to go around looking to get screwed all the time because uh, I I was very content with oral sex for the most part. And that was kind of how I, I uh, was able to, to survive and to still this day be HIV negative. So I seemed like I made it. I really didn't expect to live past 40. <laughs> I really didn't. Uh, so... Uh, but I remember a song, a kind of a, an underground song, and I only heard it in the bathhouse. But I would hear it, sometimes in a club I would hear it too. And it was a song, I don't even know who did it, and it was called, uh, I just remember the rhythm, people are still having sex. People are still having sex. And then every once in a while I would say, the AIDS thing, the AIDS thing's not working. Um, never really understood what that meant, but the truth was, 
people were still having sex. There was still a pioneering spirit because there were still people losing their jobs over uh, being gay. There were people who who were caught in those parks by and arrested by officers and their names published in papers uh, and who, you know, whose lives were ruined, you know, as a result of that. Um, so it was a day, though, when um, when there was when there was still an element of danger, though not the element that was faced by the generation before us. And I think the generation after us, at least here in Southern California, doesn't face a lot of those as many of those dangers. Having just traveled the country, I realized that there are still parts of the country where it's still a bit dangerous uh, to come out. Um, and there's certainly parts of the world where it's extremely dangerous to come out. But I am really uh, grateful to have lived uh, in that period of the 80s where I got to experience so many of the f sexual fantasies I'd had. Um, I had always looked in the mirror uh, when I was young, uh, masturbating and wondering if they would ever use my body in porn. And then I was thrilled to, to actually see that fantasy accomplished out here. I was thrilled um, to be able to go out and make sexual connections like that. I loved doing it and I was uh, much uh, better and uh, frequent at it than my straight counterparts who like to brag about their conquests. Um, and uh, I still actually feel like it's something I'm proud of. It's not anything that I feel any shame over. It's a part of my journey that I wouldn't trade anything for. Uh, matter of fact, I often would like to go back to those days. Uh, sometimes I'm happy in my situation now. Uh, but uh, sexual adventure is a wonderful thing. And, uh, you know, there are elements of risk. And we have to weigh those risks and uh, each make our choices. And uh, I'm happy with the ones that I made.